Hi, this is William Fenney, again with Al Haferkamp. We are going to be talking about COVID words. And this week, or this episode, I should say, uh, this episode we're going to be talking about the word uncertainty. We're all experiencing uncertainty at one degree or another during the current pandemic. And some people, of course, it's a very powerful point of anxiety some people, at least in terms of their ability to you know, pay their rent, buy their groceries, may not be as extreme as in the case of some other people. But uncertainty about this whole thing, where it's going, what should we expect from it going forward, what's the future look like after the pandemic is over, is uncertainty certainly speaks to a lot of the feeling of the time. Indeed, yeah, it's... it's um debilitating it's very debilitating i know that uh, a couple of people that i've spoken with uh, they're they're just the kind of people that don't um, do well in certain situations where you know it's ambiguous right i looked up the word certain just to sort of get a little background on the hmm. history of that word and interestingly certanus is a latin word adjective meaning determined or fixed ah so when we most people think of having a sense of certainty about something, they've they've got they've got a a, a, fi a picture in their mind which is fixed. Yes. Something that's okay. We've determined what the outcome is. The the earlier history of the word has to do with um, distinguishing or making a decision. It was a term related to the harvest when there would be oh. a time of separating the wheat from the chaff and to make a determination then of what was considered uh, the good crop or the bad crop. And while there may have been uncertainty throughout the growing season for all the reasons that farmers face, once we got to the harvest floor and made determinations of what the, uh, we could tell what the future would bring because we discerned this from that, and we had a fixed or a determined outcome, something we could get our hands around. Right. This relates to I mean, although the experience is in mind and in the emotions, the emotionality of it is certainly tied to very physical dimensional things. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's survival, uh, yeah. right? Survival. It's yeah. like, I know, what, I know what the rent check looks like. And I know what the balance in my bank looks like. And there may be abstract mathematical numbers, but it's a very real situation to me. And I have no idea how I'm going to change it. And, of course, food on the table, all those kinds of things that mm -hmm. we're... Certainly, and want to have it be in a position of having something be determined or fixed, so that I can see it. I can know what it is and the way it looks, feels, and tastes, and something I can put on the shelf and take off the shelf and fix for dinner. That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <clears throat> the word. It's the word strikes me as you know fixed and determined, and so you you think, well, okay, well, I know where I stand. Right. Um, and then. There's something about it that bothers me because I figure I figure if if I've got it all figured out where it's fixed where I stand, then I don't have the opportunity to change, and I don't like that. I don't know. It's silly because it's uh, um, it's going from one extreme to another. Yeah, yeah. Especially if your creativity and some manner of artistic or experimental endeavor is part of the excitement of your life, to have an outcome be determined ahead of a time is kind of dull. Yep. When the outcome that you're interested in, that you're interested in, of course, is necessary to your survival, 
then that takes precedence over perhaps the creative side of things. But it does something else too. And we're, if we need the certainty of saying, knowing what our future looks like in terms of our physical needs, our dimensional needs, we need to have that certainty. And we don't get that certainty because we've invested in it, because we've invested in that sense of things being predetermined. It can make it difficult to adapt. Right. And something new comes down the pike. Mm-hmm. I think there's an element of control here also. Yeah, there's that word again. Yeah, yeah, that word where within certain parameters, we're willing to accept unpredictable outcomes. Perhaps a little more rain in the growing season or a little less rain in the growing season. To a certain extent, is something we can deal with as perhaps a farmer. When it goes outside the limits of where we can say that things are out of control, then it becomes an uncertainty that we cannot tolerate. Mm-hmm. Or become we then become afraid, and with that with that fear comes an inability to really adapt to what's going on, because of what we've come to count on for our sense of certainty about ourselves and our lives, and certainly this pandemic outbreak is causing us all to relook at what we need in our lives to feel certain, to feel that we can go ahead and deal with whatever comes. It's forcing us to look at what that's about and what we've come to rely upon up to this point. Yeah, certainty, uh, as I mentioned a minute ago, is a double-edged sword. Um, uh-huh. And, um, you know, of course, there is the great certainty that the most certain thing that we know is that, that things will change, <laughs> that there is nothing fixed, ultimately fixed. Right. Um, and I, I do remember a minute... Ugh, probably two or three weeks ago, somebody was writing about, there was a big flap with Facebook again. <clears throat> and the, the this blogger was talking about the, the Facebook motto. I think this must have been when Facebook was working on their currency proposition. Ah, uh-huh. And um, their, the, the, the Facebook mantra was, was always move fast and break things. <laughs> Right. And uh, within the uh, tech community, it was, you know, move fast and break things was fine, but that's not what you, that's not the way you want things to work with your bank account. <laughs> exactly. So or I think dinner paper. kind of captures the, what you're talking about. Yeah. Because on the so, one hand, you have this innovation, right? You have something that's going to produce, um, possibly produce more security because there's an innovation that brings in new interest or whatever you have. But then on the other hand, there's the other side that says, well, you know, innovation for its own sake doesn't get you anywhere. That's right. Or it gets you into a place that's even, you know, that, that where you're, you're, you're innovating um, just so that you can do it with the possibility of a bunch of uh, things down the line. But you, do, you don't realize as you're doing it that you're um, putting at risk everybody's personal data and information. So there's exactly. This, unintended consequences that come from innovation that's not tied to anything. So so I, I am really getting a sense from what you're saying and thinking about it a little bit of, of the uh, the two sides of this thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely two sides. It reminds me, it's a little digression here, from uh, one of the comments that I took away from the Cosmic Intention Therapy course that we take, and it was basically the three rules for deciding on a project you want to do. And the three rules are three questions 
that you have to answer about any new project if it's going to be a really proper project and a really good one is number one, will it work? Number two, will it hurt anybody? And number three, is it beautiful? That's great. Yeah, the effects of um, not having a, not having the adventure, the tech adventure tied to sort of social justice or equanimity so that no one's hurt by it is a big factor. And certainly for a lot of people, where they find themselves technologically is in a state of great uncertainty about what's taking place around them, what kind of things are going on in the tech world are affecting their lives, but they have no real control over. So the uncertainty comes from, from that and also the fact that we don't live our lives a lot of the time in, in cultivating the ability to deal with, with what is a certainty, and that is advancement, technological change. We don't spend time preparing to be adaptable to the possibilities of change. Right, right. And then the necessity for it, actually. Yeah, the necessity for it. Yeah. So getting to some sense of the abstract side of this, you know, trying to find a way in to the word certainty from the ontological side. I mean, we know that there, there is one thing certain, which, of course, is not a thing, right? It's not a thing at all. Um, but the certainty of, of being is, is indisputable. Um, right. And you, you know, as you've mentioned before on this, this conversation, that there's knowing uh, about being and that, and that our knowingness um, can, can connect to being uh, in a way that's constant as opposed to not being able to know the thing that's always changing. Right. It's important that we understand this as something we're doing in the abstract in our consciousness because certainty or uncertainty as the case may be is really not a physical dimensional experience. It may express as a feeling, it may express as something that drives bad behavior, but it is a state of mind. It is, in fact, mental. And as you just pointed out so cleanly, there's, there is only one way to know with certainty what the nature of a mental reality is, and that is the knowing of beingness which, of course, is consciousness. I mean, the idea of being conscious is the idea of being. And the idea of being means Im implied awareness or consciousness. And as we prove that to ourselves, when we approach the word certainty or uncertainty from that point, then we, we can say, because certainty or uncertainty is a mental state, an abstraction, as it were, an aspect of consciousness, and that consciousness or beingness is something that can be that can be known, proven, moment to moment, and that is in fact a place where we can be absolutely certain in our consciousness, not of necessarily the way how much grain is going to be separated from the from the stalk, what the exact picture will be, but if we adopt the position of knowing ourselves as consciousness there being no limit to consciousness, as there being no limit to what mind can conceive of, that means that we are capable in our consciousness of dealing with whatever may arise in the future. Doesn't mean this necessarily going to be easy or it's a slam dunk, but mm -hmm. then one thing that we can be certain of is that because we're dealing with the aspect of consciousness about 
the nature of the future and that we are in fact consciousness dealing with it, that it is in within our, within our realm to know with certainty that we have the ability to deal with the future, whatever it is, whatever the mind of the infinite may toss out. Yeah, I picked up on, um, I mean, the, the idea of being as the, the having an attribute, which is certainty, that being is certain. Right. There isn't any right. doubt about it. Exactly. And, uh, you know, as, as you said earlier in another episode, uh, what can all minds agree upon? And, and being is absolutely that. I think there's a total certainty about being. I think we're where we might run into trouble is trying to translate that into, well, what does that do about my rent check, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, as, as we know, in, because we do have methodologies of applying this in our classes, we learn how to translate and release the hidden splendor, which is working with these abstract concepts and, and applying them to the appearance, because the appearance is that my account's out of money. How am I going to find my rent check money. We know that the appearance can look pretty gruesome. The gruesomeness, the inability to deal with, the inability to deal with it, all those factors are still abstract factors in mind. And we know that not that one can meditate on the allness of beingness and suddenly the rent check appears, but in fact, a number of interesting things have happened. But mainly it's been a shift in the attitude of, am I able to deal with this issue or am I not? Yeah. Is what I am the ability as consciousness to adapt, create, and express with certainty my underlying wholeness, or am I just the chaff, the worthless part of the husk of wheat? Right, right. The sense of, as we discussed last time, helplessness. or Right. Yeah. And maybe it has to do partly, too, with the fact that if we look into it, if we look into the reality of that state of mind, if we look into it abstractly, what the reality must be, it's a place where we can know. So if that can that could be part of our thinking as we look at the bank book. We can come, come from an attitude of that kind of identity and not from just poor me, I'm broke identity. We can apply a different kind of attitude, which drives a different kind of energy, which makes something unpredictable that is beyond the effort of the poor pitiful me you make something unpredictable possible. I think you've just uh, captured it right there. Yeah, because real good is always unpredictable. Yeah. Well, thanks, Al. That was a, another great investigation, exploration. And uh, Thank you, forward, William. Look forward to the next time.